some things just take time to develop. In 2010, production began on a new biopic film with a hopeful release date in 2013. After already experiencing delays, the lead actor playing the role of the biopic's central character decided to leave the project over creative differences. Then, the film's director quit. After that, the script was rewritten for a newly hired lead actor, and seven months later, that actor left the project. The film languished in limbo for another two years before they hired another lead actor. And the third try was a charm. This actor won the Academy Award. Oscar goes to Rami Malek. This is the first Oscar and nomination for Rami Malek. Of course, the role Rami Malek played was rock and roll legend Freddie Mercury, and you know the film, Bohemian Rhapsody. Mark these words. No one will play clean. Fortune favors the bold. Freddie, concerning your private life. What more do you need to know? I make music. We are the You're a legend, Fred. We're all legends. Even though it took nearly a decade to complete, Bohemian Rhapsody finally had a release date, November 2nd, 2018. It cost a little over $50 million to make. Its worldwide gross at the box office was $911 million, number 62 on the all-time box office list and the highest-grossing biopic of all time. Not bad for a film that almost never happened. Sometimes plans fall into place. and Sometimes the road is longer than expected to get to the release date. Not every artistic project that you or I put our hands to will get the worldwide acclaim that a movie like Bohemian Rhapsody received. But we've likely all felt that feeling, that this project is taking too long, or maybe the project has dead-ended. But I think that the real lesson here is perseverance. It's so easy to cancel the mission when you're facing hardships in the midst of trying to do a creative project. When you hit those proverbial dead ends, do you just throw in the towel? Or do you kick it in reverse and find a new path to see your vision through. From UTR Media, I'm Dave Trout, and this is Release Date. Before we dive in, a quick message to podcast listeners of the future. 
Thank you for finding the Release Date Podcast. We hope you've enjoyed binge listening to the first several episodes, and now we continue the story as if there was no delay. (laughs) But in real time, uh, if you haven't noticed, there is an almost four-year gap between the last episode and this one. We started this podcast in 2017 to track the making of an album from concept to creation in real time, and specifically a Rich Mullins tribute album. Our first seven episodes released in 2017 and 2018, and I do highly encourage you to binge listen to those episodes to catch you up to speed. Yes, a lot has happened in the last four years, and there's a lot of new developments as well that we want to fill you in on, so we hope that this podcast episode fills in those gaps. And the fact that this is coming back out of hiatus should tell you that we do have some exciting news and some new things to share with you. The story is continuing. Four years ago, in spring of 2018, we had an amazing team of creative and talented people in place to be the creative force behind the making of a new Rich Mullins tribute album. On this podcast's most recent episode, which was almost four years ago, uh, there seemed to be a lot of momentum with this project. And then all of a sudden, there wasn't. One of the last interviews I conducted for this podcast back in 2018 was with our producer on the team, Andrew Osenga. Little did I know, he was foreshadowing why this project might have a hard time getting off the ground. I think I was excited to know that we all wanted it to happen. We definitely all had different ideas of what we thought it should be. And the more we talked, the more we, I think we each kind of laid down our own vision um, and real, you know, in, in, in hopes of building one coherent vision together. Um, and that's hard, you know, that's hard because you have vested interests and in, I think we've all sat around and dreamed of doing something like this for so long that to each of us it was a very specific thing um, that we're not the same. And so we have to sand the edges off those specific visions to become one coherent vision. And that to me is the Well, that and the funding are the two things that we have to figure out moving forward. I do think it was clear that we all wanted to make the tribute album, and we all enjoyed having some creative input, but it was hard to find one central vision to rally around. And the funding piece was also problematic because it wasn't clear what the right path was to fund the making of this album. That summer of 2018 also saw a few key vocational changes and new opportunities arise for some of the members of that team. And so it was becoming increasingly more difficult to take this on as simply a passion project and see forward momentum. So the momentum stopped. The project got parked on a shelf, not because any of us wanted to abandon it, but we just felt the timing was off. And we could pull that project off the shelf when the timing was right. So with the project firmly parked on the shelf with no forward momentum, we decided to stop producing this podcast. There was really no new story to tell at the time. One thing I've also learned about myself through the years is I love being an ideas person. I love bringing ideas to the table, but Ultimately, I want to see 
good ideas implemented. And the project that we had just struggled to get out of the concept stage. There were some of us, me included, who just could not let go of the project entirely. We kept having meetings, kept discussions going, looking for that spark that might reignite the project and make the timing perfect. But it never came. Not too long ago, I was driving to my church, which half of that drive is down a long country highway that weaves around different farmland. It's a beautiful scenic drive, but I could see off in the distance some big orange signs. It had rained the night before, and part of the road was flooded up ahead, so the road was closed, and of course, there was a sign to point us to a detour. I got to an intersection that I had never turned left at before, and now all of a sudden, because of the detour, I'm turning left. First, I got to experience a beautiful scenic winding road that I had never been on before, and second, I did get to my destination. The road did lead me to a spot where I could get back to my planned destination. I made it to the church with a little bit of a delay, but I was glad that there was another way to get there. This Rich Mullins tribute project had reached a proverbial dead end, but there was a detour sign. It forced us to turn left when we weren't expecting, but it helped us to get to the destination that we wanted. What exactly was this detour? (laughs) We'll tell you coming up in the second half of this episode. podcast is sponsored by the new tribute album celebrating the 50-year career of randy stonehill this 23-track tribute there's a rainbow somewhere features a who's who lineup of artists like sixpence none the richer jars of clay amy grant phil kagi andrew peterson and many more. Past the silver line clouds to that endless spring day. Hey. The Randy Stonehill tribute, There's a Rainbow Somewhere, is available now on Bandcamp and all major music platforms. It's a concert a decade in the making. You're invited to the one night only reunion of Andrew Peterson and the Captain's Courageous. May 13th at Judson University in Elgin. Andrew Peterson and the Captain's Courageous Reunion Concert, May 13th. General admission and VIP tickets available at Eventbrite or the events page at 1160hope.com. This UTR podcast is brought to you by Judson University in Elgin, Illinois. Do you have a high schooler considering choices in higher education? Judson is one of the premier Christian universities with over 60 majors and a 13 to 1 student to professor ratio. Judson's 90 acre wooded campus is only 36 miles outside of Chicago with students enrolled from 29 different countries. Their tuition is 20% lower than average college prices and 99% of students receive some form of financial aid or scholarships. 
They also offer graduate degrees and adult online programs. Start with a virtual tour of Judson U's campus at judsonu.edu. That's Judson, the letter U, dot edu. In upstate New York, just outside of Buffalo, there's an independent record label and studio that's been recording and releasing high-quality faith-based music for several years. They've caught our attention, and I've been building a relationship with them for the last five years or so. Uh, Their name is Old Bear Records, and the studio and record label is run by brothers Anthony and Chris Hoisington better known as the founders of the band Brothers McClurg. And in that time, on the various UTR podcasts, we have featured the interviews and music of a variety of artists produced by Old Bear Records. I was communicating pretty regularly with especially Chris Hoisington about the variety of projects that Old Bear was working on and releasing, and uh, I got an interesting email in February of 2020. They were in the middle of recording and producing a new project by Mitch McVicker. Mitch was one of Rich Mullen's closest friends. They toured extensively together the last several years of Rich's life. Uh, Mitch helped Rich out on the Native American reservation in Arizona. They co-wrote a lot of songs together. And just in case someone isn't aware of this, Mitch was traveling toward Wichita with Rich on September 19, 1997, and was seriously injured in the same accident where Rich passed away. In their downtime, Chris Hoisington and Mitch talked a bit about the enduring legacy of Rich Mullins. And Chris, being the producer that he is, was most interested in hearing more about the final recording that Rich ever did in Elgin, Illinois, just about a week before he died. We know it now as the demo side of the Jesus record. In an old empty church, Rich Mullins hit record on an El Cheapo consumer model cassette recorder and played his nine new original songs to map out the creation of what would be his next album. Rich never intended that these rudimentary recordings would be heard by anyone other than maybe two or three key people. And yet now millions of people have been deeply touched by this almost sacred recording of the demo side of the Jesus record. And you had no stones to throw. Well, you came without an axe to grind. You did not tow the party line. No wonder sight came to the blind. You had no stones to throw. No, you had no stones to throw. So you rode an ass's foal. Well, they spread out the coats and cut down palms for you and your donkey to walk upon. But the world can't find what it thinks it wants on the back of an ass's foal. So I guess you had to get sold. Cause the world can't stand what it cannot own and it can't own you cause you did not have a home. Words I miss. Have 
Fast forward to the email I got from Chris Hoisington in February 2020, where he says that he'd been working with Mitch McVicker, and after some discussion, they had a, a really great concept for a new Rich Mullins tribute album that they're going to start working on pretty soon. Well, this definitely caught my attention. I said, Chris, we need to talk right away because I don't know if you know this, but I've been working for the last couple few years with another team trying to develop a Rich Mullins tribute album. So we need to talk. In the first half of our two hour conversation that happened just a day or two after that email, Chris doled out his vision for this project, which was really exciting. He wanted to record something that would give a bit of a hat tip to the Jesus record demos where an artist could just sit in a room that artist and maybe one instrument no overdubs hit record and maybe even physically record two cassettes as well as digital and kind of mix the two and allow these songs of Rich Mullins to just have grit and earthiness maybe allow the heart of the artist, him or herself, to shine even better instead of getting drowned out by a lot of production elements. And to add even one extra layer of just organic nature and a bit of rich essence into the album, he wanted to record the whole project in Rich's old house in Bellsburg, Tennessee, about an hour west of Nashville. Another thing that I gleaned in our conversation was that Chris and Old Bear wanted me and UTR to be a part of this project. They had a seat at the table already set for me to participate, whereas I wasn't sure exactly where I fit in in our old project. Well, part of the reason for this podcast is to give you a bird's eye view of what went on behind the scenes. So I'm going to take you into that conversation, which I recorded in February 2020. One of the big questions on my mind was, should there even be two Rich Mullins tribute albums? Or should we somehow figure out a way to kind of merge these visions and put all of our energies behind one cohesive thing? We do, we do not want to step on each other's toes at all. We want sort of all ships to rise here. We want to work together and, and you know, help each other out and not, not approach this as one tribute project versus another. So right, so right when you said that you're thinking of you're kind of mapping out a Rich Mullins tribute album, my immediate first idea was, well, holy cow, like – I, we need to talk because I don't want to see multiple Rich Mullins tribute albums released. I'd rather, I'd rather get behind something that's, you know, already in motion, even if that means letting go of certain concepts or certain ideas. Like I'd rather sort of. The only way that that would kind of work is if the concepts are different, you know, like, yeah, this feels very specific. Yeah. I mean, I don't even know if the guys you were talking to were thinking the Jesus album. So this is a very specific idea. There was another big question on my mind. Was the original project that I've been working on for the previous few years, was it just something that was going to be revived? Or is it something that just had kind of run its shelf life and uh, was in some ways unraveling? Yeah. I think everybody everybody kind of 
assumes it's unraveled because nothing has happened for two years. But it a couple might be of those good. guys have gotten real busy too. Oh, so. for sure. The last two years have been crazy. So, so I think that that I think that some in some ways it'll be like you know what? Yeah, like there's no way we're going to be able to move forward on this other thing. Let's feel free to go a different path. Um, so I think we'll do it, sort of, and we'll just be on a song or whatever. Yeah, be and on interview a song, me for it. Yeah, or or yeah, I'll be on the documentary. I you know I'll share my own thing. If it was true that this original project that we had worked on was probably coming to an end, somewhat dead ending, then I was excited to get on board this detour, this new path to a Rich Mullins tribute, because it really sounded like Chris Hoisington, the old bear team, they really had a a much clearer vision of what they wanted to accomplish with their goals. And I knew that one of the key ways to march this to the finish line would be to get Andrew Greer to move from that original project and become the executive producer of this project. Do you want to set up a call with us and your friend, Andrew? I mean, how do you feel like he would be engaged in this? Um, Yeah. I mean, I, I think I would talk to him to, I mean, he was sort of serving as the executive producer for, I mean, executive producer slash co-producer in a way. Um, just he, he was sort of um, getting everything, marking everything down the field. And I think that with this project, he could definitely be a huge help in kind of the, the, relationship side of things, the business side of things, the um the publicity side of things. Andrew's a such a personable person and 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 has his own context, but he was able to gather an incredible amount of interviews for this book and it was um, a lot of it is his writing, but then a, a big chunk of it is also these interviews he gathered with you know, folks like Amy Grant, Andrew Peterson, Carolyn Ahrens, Ashley Cleveland, uh, David Mullins was in it. Um, you know, there's a huge list. And because he wrote that book, he's kind of a part of the more recent kind of resurgence. legacy yeah. resurgence of Rich Mullins. Um, between he and I, we have we have contact and access to a lot of artists that we could invite to be a part of this and and I, mm-hmm. you know that's not to say that we would pursue it's not i i know the pursuit isn't necessarily let's get the biggest names or anything like that we're totally willing to align the vision of this properly we we already had mapped out uh, this would i know totally be adjusted but we had already mapped out for our project an entire kickstarter campaign mm-hmm. um that so you want to run the kickstarter no, 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 no. I'm just saying, oh, you mean you run the whole Kickstarter thing? I mean, po- possibly. Well, we would um, have, yeah, we'd have to figure out what, yeah, yeah, keep going. Yeah, but I mean, there's a lot of, there's a lot of things that, a lot of overlap in some of the people you've been talking with and that I, we had, we had talked about possibly, um, you know, like even one of the packages for the Kickstarter for like, one of the highest 
one of the higher tiers being kind of like a VIP weekend in Nashville. And we were actually going to visit the house, you know, his old house. And uh, we were going to kind of visit Jimmy Abegg's studio um, in his backyard. So, I mean, we were already kind of thinking that along the, those lines of incorporating some of those people even into the Kickstarter piece of it. I think that we could bring some ideas to the Kickstarter that you wouldn't even have thought of. Right. Um, I I don't know. I mean, I think there's a lot of of potential synergy. Well, after that conversation, I did follow up with Andrew Greer and told him some of the exciting developments with this new Old Bear project. And he got excited, too. So I introduced him to Chris Hoisington. We had a three-way call in early March 2020, and it sort of got the train running. And we realized that the three of us make a very nimble and cohesive team. We bounced a lot of ideas off of each other. We didn't hold anything as sacred, and we started to hone this from the concept into the development stage rather quickly. I, I do some, some publicist stuff, like with records yeah. or putting out just with reviewers, like I'll contact you guys and I'll contact four or five other reviewers that I'm yeah. connected to, to spread the word. But I'm not, it's not necessarily my connection point with stuff. Right. So it's like, I'd be kind of looking to UTR to you guys to really, not just like, hey, I'm putting out this, like you'd be in it with me and we would be in this together to kind of oh, release right. this thing. So, oh yeah, for sure. All those, all the stuff you're talking about is, is, is great. You know, like yeah. It was really exciting to be a part of something that did feel like it had forward momentum once again. Plus, our roles and area of expertise were a little more well defined from the get go. Chris and Anthony Hoisington would head up the production of the album and focus on the musical side of things as well as sort of the artistic direction. Andrew Greer would be the album's executive producer and he would help make a lot of business decisions, bring artists into the fold to record and handle a lot of the the details. And then I would play more of an assistant producer role slash marketing manager and would also handle the fundraising side of the album by managing a Kickstarter campaign. Now it started to feel like the boulder was rolling downhill. By the second week of March 2020, We had already had several artists indicate that they had interest in being involved in the project. We had some recording dates scheduled on the calendar, and this album was full speed ahead. And then, yes, you guessed it, by the third week of March, COVID-19 had taken a hold of the U.S. and virtually everything shut down. It didn't mean that this project wasn't going to happen. It just meant that we had another detour that we weren't expecting. And yes, it was going to take longer to get to the destination that we wanted. But as we said earlier in the show, some things just take time to develop and you have to let it run its course. 
we tried to figure out if there was a way to begin the recording process of the album, uh, even in the midst of the pandemic. We all have to remember, this was a time when virtually everything shut down. Schools were closed. College campuses were closed. A lot of businesses closed. Broadway in downtown Nashville was completely closed. And we weren't planning on recording in some sterile studio somewhere. We're planning on going to a real person's home and possibly put them at risk too. So it just didn't feel like the right place and time to have a bunch of artists show up in a place of residence to do a recording. So these recording sessions got completely postponed for the year of 2020. But we're happy to report that recording did begin on the album. It just started about a year later than expected in May of 2021. And as of now, the album is almost fully recorded. So on the next episode of release date, we're going to introduce you to this new Rich Mullins tribute album that's coming out this year. In fact, we will share with you about the Kickstarter, who's involved in the making of the album, the artists recording on the album, and we'll tell you our projected actual release date for the album. <laughs> Some exciting stuff on the way. Release Date is hosted and produced by Dave Trout. All copywritten music is used with permissions or under fair use provisions. This episode is made possible in part by the generosity of UTR's support team. Info about joining that support team is found at utrmedia.org. Thanks to our interview guests, Andrew Osenga and Chris Hoisington. Release Date is a production of UTR Media, an independent, listener-supported, nonprofit ministry in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, and online at utrmedia.org.